Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 19th of November, 2020. One of the things I love about young children is how carefree they can often be. And as I say that, I think especially of my two sons, Mac and JJ, who are four years old and two years old, right? And this year has been a wild year, right? There's been so much going on in our world, crazy things. Yet these two little guys, they kind of seem blissfully unaware of that, right? Uh, My son, Mac, he's one of the happiest little kids you'll ever meet. It's hard to be around him and not, not smile, right? And he, he, he's not coming to me worried about uh, a virus or an election or an economy or anything like that. He's just, hey, dad, you want to play rough? I mean, he, he's just having a great time have, being a four-year-old, living a, living a great four-year-old life without a care in the world. Where I think of my youngest son, JJ, and how, especially how his mother's presence calms him, right? How, you know, he'll wake up in the morning and be crying out still from his his crib, but as soon as he is picked up and in his mother's arms, he is a picture of contentment. And even, I know we often love those early morning hours when he is content and he just wants to stay there with you. Um, Well, that picture of a, a child probably in that age range, just content with his mother, that is a picture that is used in one of our passages today. And it's a theme really I want us to explore throughout several of our passages today. And we'll start in Psalm 131. Psalm 131, it says, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And so we see there in this passage, this picture of this calm and quiet soul, like a weaned child with its mother. And that's really the picture that the the psalmist David here is saying about himself. And it's a a picture that he is encouraging other people to take uh, up for themselves by putting their hope in the Lord. Now, To accomplish this, to have our soul be calm and quiet before the Lord, we have to pay attention to verse 1, which says, My heart is not lifted up, and my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. And I think that connects again with that imagery of a child, right? That's one of the reasons why I think of my boys as this picture of, you know, happiness in a year of chaos, because they're kind of blissfully unaware of the chaos. And what what they do understand of what's going on in the world, they're not too concerned about it. They, they get, that's, that's above my pay grade. I'm going to let the adults worry about that. And I'm just going to, you know, what am I, what toy am I going to play with next? Uh, can, can somebody hook me up with a snack around here? Right. These are the things that they are concerned about because they're not concerned about the things that they know they don't need to be concerned about, or in some cases they're not even aware of. And that's where we have to sometimes humble ourselves 
Because the problem is many of us, our heart is lifted up, our, our, our eyes are raised too high, and we are occupying ourselves with things too great and too marvelous for me. When the reality is, sometimes we need to forcibly think like a child to realize, hey, there are things that I am not going to be able to figure out. It's it's humbling, but it can be freeing for us to realize how many things we have very little or absolutely no control over. Even we think about the things that have gone on in our world this year. To many of us, there there is not much we can ultimately do about these things. And there's a freedom that comes in admitting that and in leaving things up to God and in saying with David, I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. That I'm going to let God be God. I'm going to let him figure out the things that only he can figure out. And I'm going to stay focused on the things that I know he wants me to stay focused on. I mean, how many times have we probably neglected responsibilities in our homes or in our own lives, places where we have a lot of control to worry about things going on in our world over which we have no control. And it just we have to admit sometimes that it just doesn't make sense for us to do that. And instead, we want to, to take the things that we are concerned about and lift them up to God, but lift them up even in such a way that says, God, you're God. You're going to figure this out. And I'm going to hope in you from this time forth and forevermore. And by acknowledging these things and lifting them up to God and letting him be the king, letting him be in control, that's how we can get that calm and quiet soul in our own hearts. So we can be like that weaned child with its mother because we know, hey, you know what? God has this figured out. And I'm not trying to escape those realities. I'm just trying to actually be realistic in what I can actually control. And I'm going to trust these things up to God. And I'm going to be calm and content with him. Now, even as we think of things that are, we must admit, are too great and too marvelous for us, we have to think about our own souls. And one thing we might be tempted to worry about is, God, how in the world am I going to make it safely to glory? Because uh, we look around at the world, we see people falling away. We even sometimes might be concerned about uh, our own hearts or our own failures or things like that. Can we trust God? And, and today we're going to look at some passages, I think, that clearly uh, encourage us to trust God, even with our own souls, that he will hold on to us and bring us safely through this life. And the first of those passages comes in John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. And this is a passage where I'm planning to preach on, Lord willing, this Sunday at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And here we see some amazing statements about how God will protect his sheep. It says in verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. And so we see there this image where Jesus is saying, hey, as the shepherd, 
No one's going to snatch them out of my hand. And my father, he's even stronger. And no one is able to snatch them out of the, the father's hand. Almost that there's this hand that Jesus's hand is around us. The father's hand is clasped over Jesus's hand around us as well. And, and there's nobody that's going to get us out of there. And, and that's such an encouraging passage of scripture. And it's important for us that does not negate the responsibility that you and I have to continue following our shepherd. I think we have much more of a problem reconciling um, our responsibility with God's sovereignty than God does. He doesn't seem as concerned about that as as we are. Even this passage earlier, he's rebuking the religious leaders saying basically, hey, you're not believing, you're not listening to me and implying that they are responsible for that. Well, then at the same time, talking about the sovereignty of God, uh, in who his sheep are and keeping his sheep safe. So we have to look at both of those truths, even though they might not go together perfectly well in our mind, God has no problem putting them side by side in one passage of scripture. But this should encourage us that our faith is in God. Our faith is in our good shepherd, and he's the one ultimately who is going to bring us safely home. And we see more to that reality as we turn to Jude. Jude, where we look at the second half of this postcard epistle today in verses 14 through 25, 14 through 25. Now, again, none of this lets us off the hook. He gives some commands in here. Look at verse 20. It says, but you, and so this is a contrast to people that are um, scoffing and being led astray by their ungodly passions, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So there's things we should be doing. We should be building ourselves up in the faith. We should be praying. We should be keeping ourselves in the love of God. We should be waiting for Jesus Christ as he returns. And even there in verses 22 and 23, we should be encouraging others to do the same. But ultimately, our faith is in God, and that's where it ends in verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. And so we see all of that, and we see ultimately who's the one that is going to keep us Um, from stumbling and present us blameless, uh, ultimately our our faith is in God for that. And so I hope that today's scripture reading is particularly encouraging to you. We often talk about as we come to God's word, we want to learn, we want to worship, we want to apply. Well, today I think there should be a lot of worship going on as we respond to this. And, And the application even is to be encouraged that our faith is in God We can be calm and quiet before him. He's looking after us. Let's take the things that are too wonderful and too high for us and leave them up to God. And let's trust that he is the one, our shepherd is the one who will lead us through and bring us safely to to our home. And he is the one who can keep us from stumbling and present us blameless before him. I hope that's very encouraging to you. I know it was very encouraging to me reading these passages today. Well, now we do want to shift gears a little bit to the book of Ezekiel as we look today at chapters 23 and 24. These 
aren't as encouraging. Um, pretty shocking. And we, we are going to see some promises, great promises of of just reconciliation and future restoration for Israel towards the end of the book. But as you've noticed so far, most of it is really focused on the judgment that is going to come on Jerusalem, the judgment that is going to come because of the unfaithfulness of God's people. And so we see another parable. It's in some ways pretty similar to chapter 16 of Ezekiel. Again, pretty pretty graphic passage, but Chapter 23 talks about these two sisters, Ohola and Oholaba. And it clearly says Ohola is representing the northern kingdom of Israel, and Oholaba is representing the uh, southern kingdom of Judah. And we see them presented as unfaithful, uh, even as unfaithful spouses, right? As uh, people that were sexually promiscuous and, and doing this with the other nations. And that's obviously a picture of what these nations did as they rejected God for the gods and for the safety that they felt they could find in other nations. And God testifies that judgment is clearly going to come. And then we see that presented even more in chapter 24, where he even has them cooking in this pot to symbolize what's going to happen to Jerusalem. And then probably the most intense part of today's reading is at the end of 24, where God tells Ezekiel that his wife is going to die. And more than that, that his wife is going to die and God wants him to not mourn, to not weep, but to keep on going by living his life. And that is meant to be a very painful and graphic picture for the people that he is around, that when they hear about the destruction of Jerusalem, he expects them to carry on and not to weep, not to weep over the judgment that has come upon them that they have deserved. So it's a very intense passage today, reminding us of the wrath of God towards sin as he is preparing to carry that out on the city of Jerusalem. And so as we wrap up today, I do want, though, as we see the wrath of God, we can know as believers that God has provided a way for us to escape that wrath through his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And our faith is in him. And may we look to him. May we be like those calm, happy children, trusting in our perfect heavenly father, relying on our good shepherd to lead us safely home. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.